0: And welcome to the final Going in Circles Big Monday Show of the Year. Barry and I have a mega edition prepared for you. We go all over the span of the globe. Anyways, you don't have to listen to all of it in one shot, but uh, we hope you do. So we'll be back in just a minute to, uh, to kick off the final show of the season.
1: Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, They have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees. Your mayor will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms' stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the Freshman Stallion of the Year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made a 3-for-3, three three, winning the $400,000 springboard mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is... Your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at Stallions.com or on Twitter at PAS Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out.
0: Are you there?
2: Yes, I am. I'm here. We had some uh, some tef- technical difficulties. Oh, you sound like Bobby Brady or Peter Brady, right? <laughs> Peter cracking? Brady. Yeah, my voice is cracking. That's from the cold. Huh. I don't even want to talk about that, man. Ridiculous. Oh, man. Had enough. I don't already.
0: Um, well, how was your Christmas? Merry Christmas. Merry post Christmas. Merry opening day at Santa Anita.
2: You no, know, Christmas is always good. Very fun this year, you know. Santa Anita was decent.
0: Got any quick thoughts on Santa Anita? Say what? Wrong it out there. An open ended question
2: for you. What was the question? I didn't hear it. It's like, it's like a Larry
0: King question. Do you have any thoughts on San Anita and its opening day?
2: I have a lot of thoughts. All right. There, there, um, seems, there seems to be a lot of
0: hot takes out there.
2: Yeah. Hot takes on the crowd and the, the racing is dead crowd. They, they really got to stop that. <laughs> or the racing isn't dead crowd, I should say. the, the You know. The you know, one, racing is- one day on a holiday, <laughs> basically, and there's a lot of people there. It was the weather was gorgeous. They're giving something away, right? There's not, they're not setting the bar for anything. I mean, until that becomes consistent, you know, the racing isn't dead thing isn't <laughs> that, it,
0: you know, when Ed DeRosa did it a couple times, it was like kind of like, haha. But what did I tell you today? Um, go, go next Thursday and see how many people are there when it's a ghost town. And it's not like we're rooting for that, but it's just, I mean, racing, the big events, the big days still get big crowds. It's, and that, that's really not that different than it ever was. But it's all the other days that don't get big crowds or crowds at all. That, uh, that mostly worry.
3: <laughs> but, so that, uh,
0: that's one I, I, take. I I saw the the flight line mural, and I mean it's a nice painting and all, but
2: it was a lot smaller than I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, I, I, I was I was kind of wondering where it was going to be at. I mean, you know, but it's nice. Do you remember, uh, like a couple weeks
0: ago when. <laughs> They put up a, I think it was a secretariat mural at. Um, oh yeah, on
2: the side of the building. Yeah,
0: yeah, in Kentucky somewhere.
2: I think it's I State. thought
0: it was going to be like that size.
2: That's what I was expecting too, but. I mean, I mean, really, there there wouldn't be anywhere to do that, right? I don't know. Like I, I've, I haven't been to Santa Anita in long.
0: Um I would, you I know, think honestly, the last time I was at Santa Anita was. Mr. Frisky's Santa Anita Derby.
2: Oh wow! Yeah. Honestly, yes, I would have rather them put a statue. <laughs> you know, nothing against the mural or anything, but I think this, a statue would have been more appropriate. Person, it'd be hard.
0: It'd be harder to. They, they learned from Arlington. It's harder to move the statue when they close the place up. So. Yeah.
2: Thanks. <laughs> <Da-dum. laughs>
0: um. Yeah, we never did figure out how to how to swipe the the John Henry statue.
2: Just too big, too big, too big. Be good in your backyard though; would have fit perfectly. Oh, it would fit there. perfectly back here, man. Yeah. Um. Well,
0: we uh, we jinxed Frankie D'Amato right into the winner's circle a couple times.
2: Yep. 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 I mean, Let's... you know. He was riding good horses. I can't I can't knock what he's done. I mean, I personally thought he was a little bit washed coming into this whole thing. Um, he still might be, but at least for now, he's top dog. Uh, <laughs> I had lunch with uh,
0: Mr. Spinelli last week, and we were discussing Mr. DeTorey, and we both kind of <laughs> thought the same thing. I mean, he lost a lot of his good business in Europe. In Europe, if you don't ride for a big outfit or two, mounts are tough to come by at that that you know the higher levels, the races that you're going to want to be riding. Um, and that that's a a, blow, a big loss. He lost John Gosden, who had been his backer for quite
2: a while. And I wish we the story wasn't. on that one. Uh, you know, we kind of you know, got. I,
0: I thought Gosden was kind of being a douche <laughs> when it first happened. I'm thinking to myself, this might be able to be done, you know, without going public, right? I mean, just kind of do it privately, and then kind of, you know, say your bullshit. Yeah, you know, we're just kind of going in a new direction, and blah blah blah. But um, you know, as it turns out, but uh, hey, you know what? I, I mean, I like Fred Detroit and
2: yeah, how okay, can you not-
0: rider. He's a a guy that. uh, you know, was one of the first, maybe the first real international rider. Like rode, you know, unexpected to see him show up in Australia or at in the U.S. or and uh, anywhere in the Middle East at anywhere. I mean, he Japan, rode everywhere, right?
3: Yeah.
0: Um, and uh, you know, international racing now is, is a lot. Um, I shouldn't say it's more prevalent because it's always been strong like in our lifetimes in a lot of these places. I mean, uh, Japan and Hong Kong, obviously it's gotten better and better and better, but uh, there's just more movement because travel is so much easier than it used to be.
3: You know, and, and
0: also, you know, we see uh, outfits like Coolmore and Godolphin and, um, running, you know, Big farms in, in uh, South America, and so it's it's not uh, not South America and uh, Australia, but yeah. um, you know, but no, it's it's uh, it's nice to see him go. I mean, it's nice to see him in the U.S. It, <laughs> it adds a little bit of uh, intrigue, I guess. And you know, I guess if he's on the right horse, he obviously, as he proved today, he can still get it done. Um, but today, you know, like people were talking about the card, and a number of people commented to me, or I've seen them comment online, about uh, there was this sentiment that this was some great card. And, <laughs> and I think that's based upon the bar being far lower than it used to be in terms of, of what we consider good cards because it, it, it was bad. And I'm not trying to knock Santa Anita's you know, racing office or anything. They do the best they can. Um, but uh, a couple of those, I mean, it's getting to be a broken record, but, like, the Mathis Mile is, is not <clears throat> a grade two race. And it should not be a grade two race.
2: Yeah, that wasn't good.
0: Um, the other turf race was really not a good race.
2: The last one? The Oaks?
0: Yeah. Oaks is not a grade one race anymore, either. They just aren't. I mean the, the the first race today is a Grade Two race.
2: Wait, how did it get Grade One status anyway?
0: Well, I think the Oaks got Grade One status because at one time Cesario, Yeah, Cesario, but it was also run in the summertime. Yeah, not
2: um, right. It was like Fourth of July, right?
0: Yeah, like, not 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 five days before the end of the year. Which, which is a tough time of the year. Um, though California always kind of operated on a different time schedule uh, on the turf, especially because obviously they have turf in the, in the wintertime. And in the East Coast, um, there wasn't a whole lot of turf. And even the turf that we had <clears throat> back when California racing was a little more prominent, wasn't nearly as strong. But that that's kind of turned now. But this is,
2: you know, we
0: complain about this all the time. It just is what it is at this point.
2: Yeah, I I think people kind of got fooled by the stakes on that card. And, you know, on the surface, it looked okay. And then you kind of dig deeper and you're like, wow, these aren't really good races.
0: (laughs) Well, the first race was a grade two and the field of seven. I think there was a scratch. Um, had won a grand total of one graded stakes in 83 stars. <clears throat> That's not a grade two race. You just can't off have that a single phone. stake winner right. in, in, a, in, a, in the race and, and call it a grade two race. It just isn't. Those races should all be downgraded. They should have downgraded 50 races this year, not not five.
2: Right. And the five that they picked were suspect. Anyway,
0: well, yeah, they 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 downgraded the Clark, but they upgraded to Stephen Foster, and you know, they they picked the one Naira race. the The Jockey Club Gold Cup probably should be downgraded, not the 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 Woodward, but you know that's the choice they made. And, Um, I I you know, we we talked about the Cigar Mile, and my feeling about that hasn't changed, but um. But anyways, we don't want to talk about the same shit over and over again, even though that's what we seem to do. Uh, I guess I was going to make a point to you, and and, uh, I think I said someone else on Twitter. I couldn't help it. But um, (laughs) it seems like Bob Baffert's lawyer's claims last spring um, about his career being... Irreparably harmed by
2: the suspension <laughs> and the Narraban. He squashed that today, yeah. son. Today. Yeah, that, that,
0: that seems like it uh, didn't exactly work out that way.
2: <laughs> yeah, not even close. <laughs>
0: he basically ran the like training him. clinic today. <laughs> he got a swift tout home. <laughs> Rule of thumb always take the curling over the stallion by the. Sp- <laughs> With the Curlin's name in it, <laughs> <laughs> the Curlin will generally beat the the Ride On Curlin. Just just saying,
3: but that carried Sweet. a lot of weight. There was a lot of
0: weight on that horse at Fordham.
3: Got it done. It I
0: mean, yeah, a
2: really
0: nice setup. <laughs> to decide, hey, let's have a speed duel. And,
2: uh... Yeah, it was easy money after that was. It was just a matter of
0: which Baffert it was going to be. I, I thought it was humorous that, that Baffert complained that there's not enough grade one races. <laughs> what? Four. He had to run four in the La Brea. It's Like, Bob, this is not a grade one. This shouldn't be a grade one race. There should be zero grade one races because it's not a grade one field. Then he tried to make it out like Rudy Rodriguez, of course, was the one to that beat. <laughs> That's scratched. Who was who scratched? Uh, well, Out of the Breeders' Cup, too. Vets scratched.
2: Now, yeah, that brings the up California an interesting vets point. Probably,
0: oh. the, the California vets are probably worse than the, the Breeders' Cup vets.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So. That brings up a good point about the grade one stuff. And yes, sir. Taba. Oh, yes, Table. I thought Table ran well, won a grade one Malibu, right? Yes. But that wasn't a grade one field. Decidedly not, no. So, what do you do with that victory in the big scheme of I know you hate it and most people do or the awards, but they do kind of give us a gauge of what, you know, what we're doing care. here.
0: I don't care. I don't care what people vote. I don't care who they vote for. It doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm officially
2: out of that conversation. I'm
0: officially out of that loop. I, I don't care. Because I think it's a little, races, just a... like saying a grade one, a grade two. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit in the end.
2: <laughs> True. We it
0: run is... we run tremendous amounts of shitty grade ones in this country. Lots of them. We ran one today. I mean, who in that race was is a grade one cover horse?
2: The top two, and that's pretty much the, it. The winner. Of course, we right. were on
0: second. It's not a grade one horse. Has uh, he ever shown him was a grade one horse? He really? ran a bunch against a bunch of cows this spring. <laughs> and he won. He hasn't won a race since.
2: And I, thought he, best, I thought he ran good. I thought he ran good.
0: He ran good, but that's the one horse. He held off Dallas Stewart's allowance horses. <laughs> I mean, that's the point. It's like it—it's—they're it, four years old in, in a week.
3: <clears throat> sure, they
0: don't have any credentials. They don't have credentials. Tyba's is well, the only legit Grade One horse in the race, and that's the whole point of the graded system being screwed up, is because we know what a Grade One horse looks like. Tyler's is a Grade One horse. There's no question about it. He's one legitimate Grade One races. The rest of them are. Glorified allowance races and grade three horses. I mean, look at Messier. What a messy. Oh
2: man, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> well, I, I, it, I, will, I, think I will. It's interesting. Myself
0: on the back, I'll do a, give myself credit for something. You remember when I, boob chance zero, that he was a cooked goose because well, the Santa said- Anita Derby. Was not a good race for him. That was a bad race for him, and he was only second because there was nobody else in the race but Tyba. When, uh, uh, what the horse ran today, went it, went it into retreat.
2: Oh, uh, Forbidden Kingdom, right?
0: Yeah, and Apple Jacks couldn't come and get Apple Jacks, and then who else is there? Nobody. <clears throat> the California three year olds outside of Tyba
2: were terrible last year. I mean, to terrible. your credit. I remember you saying this at Gulfstream when we were there. I think it was the same day of the Lewis that we watched that race, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said it that day, and you're like, that horse is no good. That's good for him. I didn't
0: think he would be like eased every race. <laughs> I-, I was really, honestly, I was really surprised to see him
2: in, in that race. Yeah. Like, and then once through, once looked like there was <clears throat> enough
0: speed in the race that, that um, Forbidden Kingdom wouldn't be allowed to steal it. I, I would thought he might have scratched him, but but he was terrible, again he's he's goose. He was... Truth, Ruth claims he should run on the turf, uh, and I agree. He should run on the turf.
2: <clears throat> Why not? And, what do they
0: got? The they have turf in Seoul, Korea, or somewhere like that. Oh boy. South Africa or some other place where they can run.
2: Well the reason I, I bring the, up the He actually's the... a Canadian
0: horse. He, he's an Ontario he's a Ontario brat.
2: Is he? Oh he can go yeah. go up to Woodbine when it opens again.
0: Uh, he, he's been he's been so bad though, I, I don't think it matters because a lot of times those horses go bad. They're just done.
2: I mean, when
0: did you ever see a Baffert horse run like that?
2: I don't know. And that's why I was saying is he's still going to be a Baffert horse. That's that's... time after
0: time after time. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, (laughs) The French guy better get a stall ready. (laughs) (laughs) Rudy. Rudy. Get a stall ready for Messier, Rudy.
2: (laughs) Well, I think it's just a little funny that there's a possibility that Taba wins, you know, Top three-year-old, and after all the Baffert stuff last year, and he comes back with a horse owned by the same people. I, I just have a I'm and wins do. an Eclipse Award. That that this
0: is this is my problem, and I just I know I just declared I don't care, but <laughs> he beat a terrible field. This was a bad field today. It, it was. You can say you can try to make this out to be a good field. It was not a good field. Um, <clears> the race and the Sanity terrible terrible race the fact it was his only his, his second lifetime start is the only notable thing about that and I don't know how much street cred we're supposed to give a horse because <clears throat> unseasoned but he beat nobody in that race the horse he beat Messi has come back to be eased every race Forbidden Kingdom has has not won a single race since then and it's not like they, they, they threw him in the Breeders' Cup Classic I mean, he's, he's been in races that look winnable and he hasn't. And like I said, who else was, was in the, the San Diego Derby? Applejacks. So, <laughs> I mean, he won the Pennsylvania Derby fair and square and he beat a decent field. But he beat who did he beat? He beat Zandon, who's done nothing but lose. Uh, who else did he beat in that race? Cyber Knife. Cyber Knife. Who's done nothing but lose since he, he hasn't won a race since July um who else was in that race what well, I got beat again i mean it's that race was this key race where there's four horses to went on and win something else the horses he beat have really done nothing since he's beat them and it's not his it's not his fault but when you look at at the requisite fields um is the Malibu and the, a really bad Santa Anita Derby? I mean, are those races really the kind of races you, you would give a, a huge check mark next to to say, "Hey, yeah, this one should be uh, the, the Eclipse I, I just don't see it.
2: Parks Derby, Penn Derby,
0: no, the Pennsylvania Derby was a legit race. I remember I did my rankings, and, and like all these people called me an asshole Pennsylvania Derby <laughs> six best race. And I said, we, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, what's better? Oh, well, the bluegrass. No, the bluegrass is not. It's a, the bluegrass is a derby prep. It shouldn't even be a great one. And <laughs> who came out of that race to do anything? Nobody. This is the thing that people just can't get through there. They just, for some reason, can't understand. And I understand that a lot of people just don't know what the hell they're talking about. And when you're on social media, you got to deal with them just like you deal with smart people. But a derby prep is is run that the same division is is often run in two other locations at on the same day. So the the field is the division is split up three ways. And often it's a week before, after another place. So the division might be split up five ways, five ways. What division in American horse racing possibly be split five and still be uh, a a top quality grade one race that's
2: a point. No. Yeah. No. That's, a, that's a great point because, you know, people get enamored with the grade and the tradition and the history of those races and, you know, automatically give them the status that they don't deserve. Of course. I mean, look, look
0: at people today or uh, today. Um, we're, we're saying, oh well, you know, the Santa Anita Derby is Grade One, and uh, and and Epicenter won the Louisiana Derby, and that's a Grade Two. Only an idiot would say <laughs> the Derby was a better race because it was a Grade One. The, it has, <laughs> year. The has nothing to do with the grading system. I mean, sometimes it's hard it's hard to understand what the grading system has to do with anything. But a post year. Review of races would be the best thing to do. You go back at the end of the year when there's some clarity. When we used to have um, for two year olds, free handicap at the end of the year, they would.
3: Oh yeah, I remember that. They
0: would have a weight. You know, they would wait every two year old. I thought it was really cool. One time, I had a horse that got on that. Uh, hey, El Balazano. He was he was weighted like one hundred and seven, but he was weighted. Um, but that's really how you can determine the quality of a race. I know we just talked for ten
2: minutes about <laughs> something I declared I didn't give a shit about, but <laughs> well, there's some thought thing? there. I mean, it, it it is part of it. So, I mean, it's 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 I think it's worth at least talking about in that kind of context, not just who's going to win. You know, there there's a lot surrounding that that people may or may not understand, you know, because given the whole picture, things might look a little differently about, you know, the awards and things. And I've always said <clears throat> or I have said in the past that, um, you know, Reimagining these things might be in order, just based on the landscape of how the games changed over the last thirty years. I agree. I agree, and it's not a bad thing, you know. It's just changing with the times and going with, you know, um, and and it and and those kind of things, you know, controlling the things that uh, the industry and the sport has control over. You know, those things really should be tip top and, and, you know, at least heading in the right direction. So, you know, the sport knows where it's going now. It's kind of haphazard where, like you said, like, or like you say a lot, um, you know, this jurisdiction does this. The next one does another thing. And there's no continuity between anything. And it's and it's really confusing, you know, especially for new people. Well, there's no
0: continuity to to uh, minimums on wagers. <clears throat> How confusing it is! It's confusing to to us, and we've been doing this for a hundred years. Yeah. When one track puts the payoffs in the dollar denomination, another track puts it in the lowest denomination. Another track puts it in the two dollar denomination. I mean, it's <laughs> we can't even and. He's owned by the same people who do it differently. I mean, if I was in charge of a track company that owned more than one, um, you know, track, I, I would standardize as much as I could. And that that would be that would be an easy thing. That that's just a a software thing, you know, <laughs> a video change. First thing I would do. I mean, that's that's a simple change. It doesn't even take effort to do that just decide okay let's make the payoff a standard dollar and if there is a lower denomination say it's a 50 cent bet um a pick four. Say, okay you have a 50 cent pick for <clears throat> show the dollar but underneath it show the 50 cents i know it's just half but what what what's wrong? I mean, like, how how do you hurt anything by just showing both? But make my standard payoff to the dollar, and, and go from there. You know, but and it's it, it's hard to get done. Like someone was complaining today about, I guess, the fairgrounds and Golden Gate <clears throat> went off at the same time, and
2: <laughs> yeah, they did a couple of times he put uh
0: put the split screen up which of course just pisses everyone off because then no matter which race you're trying to watch it you're seeing it in miniature Um, but i said you know the real problem is TVG. the real problem is tracks being incapable of of splitting the times of post times and we're not talking about pushing it off 10 minutes there's no nationally televised race, so all the excuses we hear uh, weren't really
2: valid well the, the funny part about that is, is they probably were weren't supposed to go off at the same time anyway, but with post drag and whatnot, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what happens, yeah, but nobody post dragged like mohawk today, and oh man, that was that was like a what, is a half hour drag no, no
0: man. <laughs> The 11th race, now they had a mandatory payoff <clears throat> Super High Five, which is in the 12th race. And it's Boxing Day. So, uh, happy Boxing Day to all the, the Canadians. And I think the British... I don't even know what Boxing Day is. But no, you don't
2: want to know what Boxing Day is, dude. It's a, it's a
0: holiday, and I don't think it has anything to do with Floyd Mayweather.
2: No, it does not. It's pretty um, big,
0: <clears throat> But the the 11th race went off at 5:18 <laughs> and the 12th race did go off to like 6:10 it was it was like a derby like like um gap between the 11th and 12th uh it was almost an hour and yeah, they had a lot like... of money i think they did what they did they do 1.4 million on on the on the, uh, the super high 5 but uh yeah, that was like a legendary <laughs> – I was I was at the store, and I, and I saw the 11th. I watched the 11th on my phone, and I got home, and I didn't play the Super High Five because that race was just too tough. That that was a really tough race. And as it turns out, of course, the Chalk wins, and you hit the exact but um, –
3: <laughs>
0: But that was a race where, like, you can literally make the case. I mean, remember, Super High Five, it's only nine horses. I mean, to be fifth, it's hard to throw at anyone. You almost have to use all. But I don't want to get uh, inside the pile on in here critiquing my potential super high five bets. But I I didn't even play it, so I was like, "Screw it!" And I came home and I said, "Hey, you know what?" My dad was watching races on the computer, and I said, "You know what? Let me let me
3: check and see who won that last race."
2: (laughs) Didn't go off yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Turned it off. They weren't even in the post parade. It was like yeah everybody was o'clock. in the stall was
2: like at zero getting... minutes and i was, was like, like wait a minute what's going on here was
0: there some sort of delay no they're just
2: milking that clock man
0: and listen post drag works that's the that's the thing and then that's what the that's what the race executives will tell you that that's why they do it not to piss
2: people off but the truth of the matter is <laughs> people keep betting that's true because remember when uh, that 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 farce when Gulfstream was like, Yeah, we're gonna stop the post dragon that lasted all of a week. Not even. Yeah, because handle was down like fifteen percent.
0: <laughs> with bigger fields. Um let's say that uh, Trust the profits is running a uh a uh, a toward the force contest. Oh in- yeah. Starts uh starts soon, actually. the LeCompte
2: is the first Lecomte. leg
0: of... Yes, it's, it's a derby derby trip.
2: Races. Didn't somebody um, bottom out the field last year? Early? Yeah, Vic Stouffer. I want to say it was Vic Stauffer.
0: He had like a $50 try straight and he hit.
2: I wonder if he's going to be back.
3: Um, well,
0: actually, got. It's it's $50 and uh, I think they're up to 57, 56 people as of this morning. So it's up there. Edge of Rose is in there. Okay, okay. It hasn't hasn't paid yet.
2: (laughs) No conflict of interest anymore for him.
0: No, no conflict of interest. Not that there really is any anyway, so no one cares. I mean, after the after the Derby ticket debacle, what, what conflict of interest even exists anymore? <laughs> um, but no, people, you should check it out. It's 50 bucks, You get $100 mythical wager on each of the races, and you can bet basically whatever you want with the 100 Um You, know, you want to bet 50 to win on two horses? Straight $100 try. Do whatever you want, so um, it's interesting. Last year, my biggest problem was uh, I actually had a couple winners, but then I forgot to put my picks in for like seven consecutive weeks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that'll hurt. <laughs>
0: yeah, that, that put me in, you know, in the hole. Um, I didn't lose any money, but the thing is, if you don't make a bet, you, you don't lose the money. So, um, Or something like that. I can't remember. But there's some people you you're going to want to beat. Our man, Sean Patrick Nolan's in. No one wants SPN. to be in. America's America's guest. Uh, dude <laughs> named chucks in. I don't know if I that's should file you. a copyright ch- charge against that, but uh, that's all right. I think you should. Uh, We're going
2: to take the odds. Take it, it to the mayor. He's in there. Uh, Michael Myers
0: is in there. I don't know if this is. The is
2: that the same guy with the mask guy? mike yeah, or I, is it the comedian don't, i don't know no i don't, I don't know
0: so it's either uh, it's this guy named juice almighty comedy. i don't know if that's like navarro juice or like oj
2: oj Ooh. simpson
0: um jimmy johnson's in there i don't know if it's the car driver is that the driver or, the, or coach? the coach if it's the coach he definitely wins best hair uh, who else Our boy, he's there. He's in.
3: Okay, okay.
0: Andrew Champagne is in the the the, the soon to be married Andrew Champagne
2: Champagne room.
0: Make making an announcement. Congrats to him and this uh, his wife to be. I think I don't believe in the institution of marriage, but uh, hey, you know what? <laughs> do what you need to Oh my gonna... my guy, Jim Terry. <laughs> Is is uh is made another an one
2: spent this weekend? Yeah, off the I market. Look at all these I've, all these eligible bachelors just getting off the market. It's crazy. I got Jim, man. We, we used to
0: we used to be capital OTB in Albany when we were like sixteen. But uh, now he's uh he's jumping in the deep end of the pool too. So, <clears throat> congrats.
2: Yeah, Christmas was uh, busy. To say the least. Yeah, man.
0: Hey, listen, some people like married. You like married. Look, you're, you're, oh,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah. I probably would die otherwise. So I'm, 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 I'm okay with that.
0: (laughs) And uh, for me, uh, I I was married and and almost did die (laughs) for a whole different set of reasons death by machete. You'd be surprised how quick you are with a machete. A person with a machete is chopping at you.
2: Hey man, you used you to that's... play basketball, so I know you got it in you.
0: I may not be uh, Usain Bolt, but I'm at least Ben Johnson without the steroids.
2: Side to side, your your lateral movement is <laughs> just as good as anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, move them feet <laughs> like Super Mario Brothers.
0: <clears throat> so what else is going on, man?
2: Um,
0: Gulfstream is off the turf. Won't stop raining there.
2: Yeah, well, I think we need the 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 warm weather back, and it might improve a lot of it. Yeah, could be, could be. Golden Glide.
0: <clears throat> it was kind of a that one really pissed me off because.
2: Yeah, well. He was 20 to 1 morning line, went off, ended up crossing the wire first at 10 to 1, which was kind of absurd because the the horse definitely had a shot. And it pissed me off because I, I had the intention of playing that horse. And I fell asleep and I was like, yeah, he probably won't win anyway, so I'm not missing anything. And then I wake up an hour after the race and I see... You know, Andy Serling hit Sarah L oh, Bowie hit. I think David Aragona tweeted out about it. And I was like, man, I missed it. It's tough when you miss horses like that. A ten to one, you don't get those opportunities you know, like had... you anymore.
0: He was he was really good as a two-year-old. But i think on on the poly or on the tapete or whatever the hell it was yeah i think
2: on the turf they had the number right, right. off the turf made much more of a better yeah. situation for him because he, he in some odd choices like he ran into Belmont <clears throat> I,
0: I thought it was a strange spot for him then
2: i thought he ran good in the in the tampa derby
0: yeah in he the same
2: far behind that the right. problem he just yeah. lost too much ground and
0: I guess that Gulfstream Peter, you can close again. Two weeks ago, you couldn't, but now you can. It was fair.
2: I, I'd say it was it was fair over the last few days, but I expect that to change with the warm weather coming back, at least slightly. We'll see. It's hard to gauge, man. It's it's just weird. I see why there's no synthetic in warm weather places because it's just. It's weird. Yeah.
3: <clears throat>
0: yeah. It's supposed to be better when there's moisture, too. So that's, there has been plenty of moisture in uh, the South Florida area.
2: But do they water it? I don't know. I don't know what they do. Hmm. Beats me. Because I'm out, you know, in my head. Watering it would do nothing because it's supposed to go over that wax coating and hit the bottom and be out. But it always seems like whenever it rains, it changes. So, I don't know. Maybe I have to read up on it a little bit more. (laughs) Nah, how do you I think guess. their card there's a the question for you what do you think of the, the the Gulfstream card today opening day
0: it would have been a lot better if the races stayed on the grass I'll put it that way
2: okay that's fair
0: I mean and I know that's not their fault but
2: <clears throat> no that's that's fair to say I mean
0: I mean it was all right I guess what, why what was your thoughts on that
2: yeah it was it was it was okay. I mean, it didn't have the stakes appeal that the Santa Anita card had, but it was actually kind of a little bit better. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because it, it, it didn't have that and, and you weren't, you know, subject to humongous standouts in those greater races that won. So from a betting perspective, the Gulfstream card was slightly better in my opinion, but
0: i uh parks has cancelled training and racing for tomorrow Are
2: <clears throat> well, it supposed to freeze again or rain snow what no, we got I don't know to be honest. freeze
0: not sure what the problem is
2: training too, yeah. That's that's it, odd. It is odd. <clears throat> and and before you know,
0: like, I mean, it's it, just supposed to be cold, but that's not anything new,
2: right? Not I mean, that. tomorrow
0: they're they're calling for, um, <clears throat> you know, noon, thirty three degrees and sunny.
2: <laughs> what i don't even know what that doesn't even compute in my head bro
0: I, I don't know why they're canceling
2: 33 degrees i don't even know what that is
0: well it's not it's not usually cold enough to cancel
2: no because that's that's actually on the warmer
0: side <laughs> see the mohawk horses they're racing in the snow it's 20 degrees was like nothing It was like nothing, man. It's hard to believe, but uh, it's almost over, man. 2022? In the books. Did I lose you? I think I lost him. Sniper. Alright, we gotta we gotta find the sniper. I'm here. Oh, you're here? Couldn't hear me? No.
2: Oh I said I thought I thought we had that still, the, the um the worst of. No, the worst of
0: we <laughs> never did the worst of.
2: And we only had like what like four categories anyway, but
0: <laughs> there's so many categories that we could we we actually should do is we should give that. Award show to uh, to Beltera, Bill, and Nico for their uh, for their uh, Thursday night
2: uh, end of the year extravaganza.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: not a that bad idea. Were...
0: Really. Well, Nico, Nico was a no show because I guess he uh, had you know family stuff to do on Christmas and all. But uh, and they, they were up; that thing was still rolling at two AM. Holy
2: night. shit! Everybody's <laughs> presence?
0: Bill is definitely the Howard Stern of of, uh, of the the horse racing Twitter airways. And I got. <clears throat> it. Yeah. You should definitely not listen to it.
2: <sighs> yeah, it's um, not it's not PC. I think the, not PC.
0: the highlight of last night's show was, was CJ falling asleep. And snoring.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, I mean, look at how many times he's been on Twitter, like, vilified because he's fallen asleep. (laughs) They went out to bars or whatever. uh,
0: Well, last night he had a different excuse. Supposedly, before it came out, he, he had to he he had to do a test breeding like flight line.
2: Oh my god! <laughs> Which he
0: announced, of course. But uh, obviously, it wore him out, and uh, he's of the older stallion variety, so <laughs> <laughs> he can't go four times a day. Like, like Coolmore, he could never go to Coolmore.
2: No, he's not a machine.
0: He's not going to get one. of A.M. 10 A.M. 5 P.M. 11 P.M. at night cover, 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 cover. But uh, he's our guy. He's our guy. The great C.J. Johnson and his imposter at Saratoga. We saw Saratoga this year. Remember Rennie? The oh, Rennie imposter. The guy looked there like was Rennie.
2: A... We saw like the Golden Swift Baller. imposter. The yeah, E.J. The post- imposter post- on the same day.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, driver's <laughs> name, Hacksaw Jim Duggan imposter. Poster.
3: <laughs> but, uh,
2: cold. I'm not going to lie. It sucks. Dude, I'm like getting sick. This is ridiculous. And it literally cold or quote unquote cold in Florida like Maybe five days a year. Maybe.
0: How hot is it in Cuba?
2: Where? Cuba.
0: Probably like
3: 90. It's
0: 66 in Savannah. In uh, Havana right now.
2: (coughs) Yeah, but it's nighttime.
0: Tomorrow it's going to be 73. Wednesday it's going to be 79. Thursday, 84. Friday, 86. Right, this is it's cool. Maybe that's that's the move next winter. Cuba, Cuba.
2: Imagine you and your dad trying to play races from Cuba. My dad would come up with a list of horses to bet.
3: <clears throat>
0: we he got a little chalky today. He did get some. He joined right in with the chalk parade at Santa Anita.
2: That's what I did.
0: Times you gotta chalk it out. <clears throat> I, I, really, my, my midday Mohawk score I, I walked <laughs> away. Uh, it was enough. Hey, I got Bob McNair home at twenty-two to one from last to first. After, uh, after singling Free Willy Han. <laughs> And then getting the three to five
2: shot, who I hated. I was gonna say that one paid a lot better than I thought. Free Willie Hannibal yeah. thought paid pretty damn good, considering.
0: That was that was a wide open race, but that horse has been getting tough trips. And our man Garnett, he actually uh, picked that horse on top.
2: All of course, the other he, schmucks didn't even have
0: the horse on top Because he's the
2: man. That's why. Other than the fact that he's a Bills fan, but everything else, he's cool. Yeah. <laughs> he hates Yankee fans, which is something that's uh, endearing.
0: <clears throat> that's he was a fair tug. We saw him at the harness track.
2: Yeah. That's right. Him and his son were yeah. hanging out, right?
0: Yes, sir. On their way back. On the way back. But um, <clears throat> I remember, you know, it was you have these weird memories sometimes about things that you, like, you don't particularly know why, but I, I remember the display handicap always used to be like one of those races that I, I think I, I made a big score on it when I was a, when I was in high school one time. So I decided I knew how to handicap a mile and you know seven eighths races or however two and a quarter <laughs> miles, however long it was, it went around like twice. Um, but I remember it used to be like the the New Year's Eve special. And it was always on, and the Sun Bowl was always on New Year's Eve, too. And don't ask me why I remember that, but the Sun Bowl from El Paso.
2: The Sun Bowl. It was the only
0: bowl that CBS covered college football, but they didn't do any other bowls. They just did the Sun Bowl. And it was always on New Year's Eve daytime in the afternoon. And the display handicap was always run, uh, or at least it was many many times was run on uh this. i mean <clears throat> talk about uh you know uh, a different era i guess i mean nowadays we, they were trying to run the breeders cup marathon on a mile and a, mile and a half
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> those those races <laughs> If you, if you added seven more furlongs onto that. But yeah, the one year, George Velasquez, <laughs> Hall of Famer, George Velasquez, misjudged the finish line and pulled up after the first line.
2: Oh, I remember that.
0: <laughs> one of the all time gaffes. You know, in a tremendous career. But they're gone. Um, Is he in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Oh, yes. He that's was. He I was. was I think he was elected as soon
2: as he was eligible. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But
0: he, he won like forty grade one stakes one year, or something forty graded stakes. He, that was the record for a while, like forty or forty four. Um, uh, got, and then Mike Smith got to like 50, 60. And that <laughs> that day <laughs> record for a while and Mike Smith broke it um, that was a while ago
3: that
2: was 90s
0: while. I, I re- what they talking about um, when they had racing on Christmas Day and I was at Calder the the last year that they had 1994 uh, that was the last year that uh, Calder ran to Christmas Day or they didn't run the handicap, but they ran on Christmas, I hope. They used to run a Philly turf race on the on stake. Um, and they're talking about Mike Smith the year before, 93, when he was going for the stakes record, rode both halves, got mounts in both halves of the stakes <clears> because <throat> the race had like 23 entries. Um, but, uh, yeah, they used to get a pretty good crowd for Calder on Christmas Day.
2: Yeah, kind of like yeah. the crowd at uh, Sanity Anita today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish California racing could be better. You know, the truth is I really don't have any ideas to fix it. Like, a lot of... We can come up with ideas all the time. And coming up with a practical idea is, is always the difficult thing. Everybody says, oh, yeah, this is what we should do. If a guy gets suspended for using this kind of drug, he should get 10 years. Well, you can't do that because <laughs> we have laws and stuff. Um, or this happened, or that should happen, or a guy should be banned for life, or horse should be this, or uh, you can't do that. You know that That's a, a solution, but it's just not a solution that, that's ever going to actually take place. So it becomes, it's like a commissioner. Everybody says, oh, we need a commissioner.
2: <laughs> no way that'll work. Nobody wants to work together. It can't be. There's no there'd be seven different commissioners.
0: There's there's just no way to, to do it. And and a big problem is that the tracks really don't have all that much incentive to be <laughs> tracks. If you said, Okay, if you don't do this then we're gonna cut your days, a lot of them might say, Okay, no problem. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Cool. We, but, not hurting but us. It, It's still a state's rights versus federal versus this versus that. It's just a complicated... It it just can't happen. It just... There's just no way to make it work. So... uh, Like I was saying, I don't really know how to fix California. racing. I think one of the problems that that exists that you really can't do anything about is the expense of living (laughs) that the expense of doing business there. um, It's so high that it makes it where it's just economically not viable to, to train cheaper horses and without cheaper horses, you have a tough time filling cards, cheaper horses run more. They don't need a perfect scenario. They don't need to train up between races. They, They can just run. And that is a, that is a problem. I don't know how you deal with that. The, the expense issue. That's I guess if, 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 if you could develop some kind of league of some sort, but it just would require you know, billions of dollars. I, I just don't see anybody that has billions of dollars willing to do that. They'd rather buy the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> which is almost a guaranteed moneymaker.
2: Just don't have any horses out there, too. I mean, no, it's just it's
0: just too expensive. I mean, listen, if I told you, Barry, we can have, you know, a couple ten claimers out here, but when you say, well, how much does it cost a month to train them? And I'd say, well, five thousand. <laughs> so you say, well, we we spend fifteen thousand dollars a month to to train horses that run for ten, and that's if they run good. And not have to drop them. It just is a bad you know, that that's a problem. I, I don't know how to fix that. Something that do you think there's a the solution
2: where though that's the thing is there really a solution I don't know I mean
0: that's what I'm trying yeah. to say I guess I don't even have like a theoretical solution I say you know what if you could do this or you could take money from here you could do that that's kind of what I was talking about you know last week when we were talking about the horse rescue it's just not feasible financially to do it it right. would cost hundreds of millions of dollars and people say oh well there's rich people and this we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. Nobody spends that kind of money um, on something that is going to benefit other rich people and other rich corporations. It's just not going to happen. This is not like donating $20 million and having a building uh, named after you on, on your alum, you know, the college you went to. That's an ego thing. Plus, it's probably a tax write off. That's it. But that's the thing about horses taking care of horses is complicated it's not like dogs and cats where you put them in a cage at night and you give them a bowl and you you know you feed them some feed you walk them a couple times it's it's a lot more complicated than that they can't they don't they don't do well <clears throat> uh, and we all know what happens in those facilities that dogs and cats are in after a certain period of time right so it's it's just you know, I got feedback a little bit of it, and I just don't think people understand the the amount of money we're talking.
2: Well, they don't understand the whole endeavor, as you know. What I mean, as a as a whole, I mean, just that alone should tell you that it's it's going to be way too expensive for anybody to take on, and that's it why needs it needs to ha- be done <laughs> it, it needs to be done regionally
3: you know yeah
0: that could work and you can't expect um some of the smaller states and smaller tracts of funding that they do in say kentucky so it's just uh it's a it's a complicated situation there's no easy answer to a lot of things and and the irony is like you always say this is your quote um Control the controls, right? Yep. That's that's your quote, and that's what that's the the, the irony of, of this conversation is that racing doesn't control so many of the controllables that it could, and you know the things that we can't really do. There's always some pie in the sky person trying to come up with some, you know, we'll all oh, we'll do this and we'll have that, or we'll do this or that. And it never works because it, it, it just can't work. Astronaut you know, tried to have a league. Well, but it, it wasn't really a league, it was like it was like uh, I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> but it was, it was it was number one, it was too complicated. There was no incentive to be in I mean the graded stake races. You you look at grade one stake races, a lot of the grade one stake races, and they're getting smaller and smaller fields. And part of the reason is that people aren't as willing to be fodder anymore for better horses. They're not willing to go in there and get their head beat off and, and just hope by some miracle that they win. Other than Uriah, Uriah St. Louis. He will. He's not afraid. But for the most part. And, and you know what's the funny thing is about Uriah every once in a while he wins one of them. So, right, he does. But people just aren't willing to do that and when there are a lot of other options they take them and i think that's the thing is the incentive where is the incentive for people to race and and that's why we've tried a lot of different times i've talked to a lot of different people about this and they all say you know they can kind of say yeah it's a great idea but you know uh... and it's always the same excuses well you know you know, they, they, this group, they won't back it because of this. Or this, won't do blah, 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 or this guy won't like it, so they won't do it. Or... But you need to incentivize racing in the better races. And the first thing you need to do <clears throat> is create a higher level in grade ones. And you would think the people would... The breeders would want to go for it. You think the tracks would want to go for it. You think the top trainers who would probably win... Ninety-five percent of those races would want it, the top owners, because you're creating another category, a higher category. But I know the first, you know, you, you know, the I, first complaint would be, "Oh well, you're you're downgrading the grade ones." Well, no, you're not. <laughs> just upgrading the grade, <clears throat> to top grade ones, and I'm talking about like 20 four or five races, race. races right, in total for the year. You know, the Triple Crown races. Some of the Breeders' Cup races, not all of them, some of them. Like the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile does not need to be a <clears throat> top tier race. It can be just a plain grade one because it's an afterthought race. It really is.
2: So why can't, you know, like just name it Elite One or an Elite? You know, you got Grade Three, Grade Two, Grade One, and Elite. Elite <sighs> because... races. Because or there'd be
0: somebody that has more power than they really deserve would would not like it. Because they either didn't come up with it or they'd find some stupid reason not to like it. And then everybody else would go, geez, you know, <coughs> if he's not for it, I can't get behind it. And blah, blah, blah. And then we have what we have.
2: So, to remember, is there's no way to change that mentality. No, that's, that's a hard thing to do. And
0: that goes back to leadership. There's no real leadership in this business. There's no real leaders. You can't name one. And that's, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. But believe me, they, they, would, they would find a way to say that that would be, um, you know, that would somehow make grade ones lesser even though Brea today is the same caliber of race as the Kentucky Derby, even though they're both grade ones.
2: And that's that's something that, you know, I, I can't believe isn't kind of factored in. It's like, well, how can you legitimately kind of calls something a grade one or a race a grade one when you know it's not. And, <laughs> you know, and, and comparatively other grade ones. I mean, it, it should jump off the page and be like, all right, we got to change this up or, you know, restructure, or do something different because this isn't working.
0: The bottom line is, if this is going to be better for racing, then we should do it.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: And not let anything get in the way. Not let stupid rules or some international bullshit. I don't care about the international bullshit. I don't care. I don't care. No one cares. The amount of people that, 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 that are affected by that is so small. It, it's, it's 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 ridiculous. Well, they... if, they're, if, they're, if, they're, if they're, the the graded international tell them, listen, we're doing this. We're America. We're bigger <clears> than <throat> you. We don't give a shit about you. And they would say, oh, what country is bigger than America? None. We have more racing than everyone else. These other countries are, are, are relatively small. They have racing, they have plenty of racing, but they don't have <clears throat> you know, 20 tracks in the summertime. We have 20, 25 tracks of running at, during the summer on three different uh, time zones we're a huge country we run how many damn graded stakes 700 800 graded stakes damn and you know what you guys ought to do it too who decided three was the only number of graded races we can have We, we added listed races
2: Just do it and stop with this nonsense. Well I guess my question would be is everybody's theory or thought about what's good for the game the same? no
0: it's not, a lot of
2: people who have <laughs> like I said undue power in this
0: business they have no clue about what the hell's really going on and they have no idea like ISA. I'm not talking about Heisen tonight, but look at it. It's a mess. And everyone keeps saying, oh, well, but, oh, well, but, oh, well, but, oh, well, but what? It's a great car, but, you know, it's got a broken axle. But, hey, it's better than, the, uh, you know.
2: <laughs> the other better than the,
0: the Yeah. <laughs> they don't understand. They don't understand. They don't understand. I mean, nobody understands <laughs> To run a gambling business in this gambling business,
2: <laughs> or at least not the horse racing side, they got the casinos.
0: Yeah, they, they 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 all they contracted that all out. Nobody runs their own casinos, they all it's all leased out or they partner up with a casino company. That's really what a lot of the tracks should do, they should partner up with racing companies, get racing companies. On- I think that's that's just one of the the real problems that that we do have more than needing a commissioner or, or rules to be the same or any of that other stuff but just just it's an issue but the the level is is greatly overstated I with different regulations in different states and it was a pain in the ass but you fixing that for for trainers? That doesn't make the game significantly better. On a scale of one to a hundred, it might it might move it up one percent. And and the only reason I'm even saying one percent is because it might cause fewer uh, stupid positives because a uh, uh, one state has a drug. 72 hours and one has a 96 hours and they or they switched the they switched the the rules and didn't tell anybody which is you know a couple states are famous for doing that
3: hmm.
0: but um you know across the board regulation uh, being the same I mean it should be but if you're in the races you're not going to be able to tell I've said that so many people, I said, man, we went from being able to use unlimited anabolic steroids, like any wanted, at any time, at any, as much as you wanted, and it wouldn't make sense to do too much because it, it, it you know, works against you. But there was no regulation on the things, none, zero. Until then <laughs> they stopped them, they banned them basically everywhere, and. The racing on the track looked the same and nothing changed. The same guys won. The same guys lost. The horses went the same way. There was, no, there was no difference materially from the outside. Like within the business, if you're training horses, you would see a difference because some horses would take longer to recover because they didn't have the benefit of, of, of artificial uh, you know, enhancement. Recovery times would be slower than they were before, just like a human athlete. Right, I was gonna and, say. And I'm, not, I'm not saying that the, you should. That that's not the, the topic. Isn't what, whether we should have them or shouldn't have them. But I'm not, I'm fine without having them. I always thought it was just ludicrous that they weren't regulated. But there's no real difference from the outside. It's not like it's going to change the way horses run, or uh, it's going to level the playing field, or. Right? Every time you get a, you get a thing, you, you unlevel a playing field because the people with more money are able to do more things. They're able to do, spend more money on therapy and herbal medications and experimental things and this and that and the other things that the lower level people can't afford. And that's just the that that's something that many in this business at the upper crust don't understand. They don't get that. They think, oh, we'll take Lasix away and you're leveling the playing field. I laugh. It's a, nothing could be further from the <laughs> truth. You, you're, you're unleveling the playing field because Lasix costs twenty five bucks and it worked. And it worked the same no matter if you were Todd Pletcher's horses or Chad Brown's horses or a guy with a five clamor at parks. It works the same. There's no better Lasix. There's no there's no uh uh basics you know, gold <laughs> there's no uh uh you know special it's the same it's the same for everyone and well, it was, I can... and it was effective and and it was actually something that leveled the <clears throat> and when you take it away then the people that can send horses hyperbaric treatment and and whatever other you know treatments that they're going to do I've heard Ultrasounds on horses' lungs and, and all this mm. other stuff, which cost a lot of money, that gives the advantage, of course, to the, the bigger outfits. And they they at the at the point in this game when they least need an advantage. Every sport, not you know, we're not really a sport, but every sport out there has worked to create um, a competitive balance. Except horse racing, we we've done the opposite. We've helped out. We've <gasps> helped out the bigger houses. We've given Alabama <laughs> twenty five extra scholarships, and then we're surprised so, when Alabama's in the title game every year,
2: except yeah. this year because they got the best players. Yeah, of course. Um, like,
0: how many times have we said it? The the best trainers always had good horses.
2: Yeah, that's true. They just didn't
0: have all of them.
2: <laughs> now they got all of them. Mm-hmm. Well, there's two things. How did Naira or New York Racing survive so long without it? Eventually, they couldn't. They had. They gave in. Yeah, they had. They gave in eventually. I remember, you know, because Mr. Phipps didn't like it. <clears throat> that was the only reason it wasn't yes. there.
0: Essentially, essentially, yes, that was the only reason.
2: And then secondly, I know myself personally, like, coming up, you know, learning the game and understanding Lasix, I thought it was a slight performance enhancer. Obviously, I wasn't educated, and now I know the difference, but back then, you know, and it didn't make a difference to me. It wasn't like, oh, you know, you know, it just improves this horse by, you know, 20 lengths or anything like that. But, even in, in like handicapping books, I've seen the notion that or, or at least the insinuation that it, it, it is sort of a performance enhancer. But I think a lot of that has to do from the, you know, reading the past performances perspective, not actual in practice, physical science point of view. Well, sure. Some some states you weren't allowed to use it, and
0: if your horse had any propensity to bleed, they would probably run better with it. And remember, there there was a time in the, you know, before we had scopes, that horses were bleeding internally. We didn't even know. They their their form would just deteriorate. They would just get you know go south, and no one even really knew why until you know unless they bled out their nose um which doesn't happen all that often and if it does happen doesn't necessarily happen when you're watching it could it could be an hour hour and a half after the race where it happens so hmm. the horse might be in a stall already you know so <clears throat> i mean you can have arguments for or against whatever but it got to be political it gets screwed because politics suck and people that are like obsessed with them they suck. And because they, they're never gonna they get stuck behind the wall of their side and then they never listen. I and I just think so many of the that have been made against horsemen, um, like you know, PC you people last week Oh, well, what's the horseman's plan? You know, the horsemen aren't supposed to have a plan. <laughs> the horsemen are the horsemen. We're the regulated. We're not the regulators. If you put a stupid rule, I can tell you it's a stupid rule. But why should I come up with the rule? Because if I come up with the rule, you're going to say, oh, well, you're biased or you're this or you're that, which is all bullshit, of course. But that's the thing. It, it's We're not supposed to be the regulator setting up a plan, coming up with a plan, we're supposed to be involved in planning the plan. That's what makes sense. And that's what uh, a a real industry would do. But that's not what they want. It's all a lie. It's about power and control. And that's just the way it is. You know, is is there anything we can do about it? Not really. What can we do? You and I? Nothing. Bitch about it. And I'd say, I've seen a lot of people in the last few months switch their opinion and say, you know what? This isn't what, what we were, this is not what we were sold, And it's not. It's not. And even with all the issues, no one ever reached out with an olive branch to say, hey, listen, Let's have a meeting. Let's get together. Let's bring a a, a mediator medi- and and cool spot, and you know, not be all, um, you know. Don't get all emotional. Just talk about the issues. Put it on the table, you know. But this is a small business. If you really <clears throat> think about it, we're not like the uh, the National Restaurant Association where there's 50,000 restaurants. Uh, racetracks and, and, and horsemen's groups and and uh, the highest people or whoever. I mean, there's not that many people. We're not talking about a thousand people. We're talking about a room with, with 15 people in it. And nothing has to be formal. But they bring in who they want. They bring in the people. Uh, they're You know, they're approved. They made a list of people to represent the horsemen, they made the list.
2: Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> Can you imagine
0: the NBA owners saying, "Okay, uh, we'll negotiate <laughs> with you. Pick the guys that we want to negotiate with." Yeah. They would be like, are you, you, "No, we have a union. We'll send our own people." And we don't have a union. Horsemen's groups are not unions. They're not. They're not in, even close to unions. It's not even. they're. they're Fairly professional operations outside the national level, and it's they're not they're not really meant they weren't created to do this they weren't created for negotiations they weren't um, they're not really equipped to handle negotiations of, of simulcast contracts and all the the complicated a- areas in that that situation, but horsemen know about racing rules. We know about what what works well, what doesn't work. How to, how to prevent putting a rule that guys are going to be able to get around. I really fear that a lot of innocent people, small people are going to be hurt by this rule. By these rules, I shouldn't say, not the rule, but... <clears throat>
2: Well, I mean, you've already seen it, people jumping ship. I mean, you had another guy, a lot of years in the business, just walk away. Del
0: Capuano decided he had enough. That's a lot. And uh, I I said to you this afternoon or this morning, I said, guys are leaving and it's not like they, they have something lined up. They just want out more than more than ever. Because the it, it's so, it's just so hard to do business. Period. It's hard to get help. It's always been hard to get good help. Now it's hard to get help.
3: <laughs>
0: it, it's a it's a the margins training horses are very small, and a lot of good size, medium size outfits. Good trainers, solid trainers, did well for years, and those are the guys that provide for the for the good. Not Todd Pletcher and Chad Brown. Those guys provide chalk. Those are the <laughs> The guys who have good horses, solid horses, that race them, that aren't just training bloodstock, that's just meant to be prepped for the bloodstock world. Those guys are all... because they can't do it anymore. A lot of guys like that train the B-string horses. For the big owners, for years, the horses who weren't really good enough in the snake races, or or you know, be potential stake horses, or the horses that had a lot of issues, you know, and maybe a, a you know smaller outfit could give them more time, be more patient. But those the big trainers took all those too, so it's not just you don't have good horses, you don't have good owners guys who you know are going to pay you. You don't have guys who you know when your horse has got a a physical issue and maybe needs are are going to balk. They're going to be, of course, get an x-ray. Look at it. Anybody that thinks that every owner out there, or or, or the majority of owners out there, like, oh, no problem. Spend whatever you need to spend. That's
2: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's a part.
0: There's this fantasy land out there that that all owners care about their horses and this and that, and uh, you know, trainers too. They're just badass trainers too. Some of them, shit, some don't. <laughs> but those those guys, they they took away all those horses too, and that was that's really that's really hard for guys. I mean, Capuano said today, you know, a lot of his owners died off. Good loyal <laughs> for a long time, and they died. And he's not because the big outfits hog everybody else. I mean, I think it's a Rockingham Ranch. See him in the winter circle in their silks. Santa Anita today. Guys on on, on a phone tap asking if we have given the juice. <laughs> But the, but every but all the heisen supporters where, where are they, including the racetrack that that horse is running at? Big heisen supporters, guys on video or is on audio? It wasn't a mistake. He can't claim he didn't know. Of course he knew. He was asking. He was asking about it. <laughs> <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted to make sure. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Though. I think it's funny that everybody wants to throw stones at uh, the guys who got put in jail, but there's guys who are standing right next to them in the wind picture, training horses, no problem now. Winning it <laughs> at high percentages. I guess a coincidence, right? Just a coincidence. What 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 happens to them? Nothing. They get more no. stones. And more owners go to them because they win more. And in the end, all the nonsense that we people on Twitter talk about is—it's all bullshit for the most part. Right,
2: bunk. It's—it's not relevant.
0: And man, it's all economic. The owners want to make money. The trainers need to make money. The tracks want to make money. The breeders want to make money. The sales companies want to make money. And in the end, that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. And the interesting thing that at some point in the future will probably be the topic of a university business class and how to screw up an industry using horse racing as an example. I'm sure that there there will be a day or a chapter (laughs) in one of those books that says racing did everything (laughs) but look at the economic cost of regulation and and the the economic cost of of
2: choosing uh, being selective as to who is a good guy and who's a bad guy well you know that's the thing that i struggle with is that it's almost like they're avoiding the the conversation with everyone you know especially the general public about the economics of the game and i just didn't that never really un, i never really understood why until recently i mean i don't totally understand it but the picture's clear for me and it's almost like the you know the the conversation avoid like the stuff that you were just saying everything for the last you know 5 10 minutes that stuff isn't readily talked about it's not the norm to talk about that kind of stuff out in the open which sucks because it leaves people like me <clears throat> or betters or horse players in the dark. And that's where you get those grandiose ideas because, you know, some horse players and most horse players don't know very much about anything. And they just think, you know, snap of a finger, we could do this, we could do that, we could do that. And it's not that simple. Never really is, you know, anyone that's that's been in any kind of business should know that. But here we are. But and there's you know, a lot of
0: people in in this business who don't know really how it runs or how it works, or or what the goals are or what the downside is. You know, you would you would ask most people who work at a racetrack about jackpot wagers. That oh, that's great, man! Look at that pool; it's huge. I mean, it's bad for your customers, but it's good for your 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 AD your, your CAW customers because they. They suck in all the the normal people's money, and at the end, and carry out they, they they take it away. But they don't get it. They don't get it. I mean, listen on the spaces last night. People are trying yeah. to argue with ITP about his his wagering strategy, you know, and and well, what he's trying to say. And and he's, the thing is, it, it's just it's math. Ma- in the end, ma- it's just math. And you can say you listen. I, I'm going to go to the track with 100 bucks. I don't care if I lose it. Okay, that's fine. But if you wager poorly, you might win. Wouldn't it be better to win than lose? <laughs> like, it's just math, though. It's just probabilities and then things that are. They're facts. Math is is a factual um, concept. One plus one equals two, always. No matter what. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Winter <laughs> will have you doubting that sometimes
0: <laughs> I'm sure Swift will say you know like math is all you know, bullshit <clears throat> that guy was trying to say Luca overrated yeah he's overrated Are you' sure he's overrated he's, he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame in five years uh, but it's uh, it's just strange man that's just strange. I just wish it would stop raining in South Florida. <laughs> yeah, you and me both, bro. <laughs> it's ra- It's raining there right now. Yeah. In rain forecast for the next hour. It's supposed to rain all the way till tomorrow morning.
2: <laughs> Which is bizarre because it hasn't rained up in Daytona in like a week and a half.
0: Space is tomorrow, by the way, 11 o'clock. Oh, yeah.
2: Our boy Squid's got it scheduled already. I know. He's excited. Uh, I saw the tweets. He, he's excited. Yeah, he's uh, he's off the layoff, Squid. Oh,
0: man, shout out to our guy, Stuart Morris. Agent extraordinaire, consigner, and all-around great guy. Had a, had a little bit of a stroke the other day. And, uh, Stewie's in his early fifties. Um, he's not, not, a you know, not the kind of age that you would think that something like that would happen, but, uh, thankfully he got himself to a hospital and got checked in, Good man. spent the, the weekend there. And I think he's moving to a, a rehabilitation center, um, today or tomorrow. So try to get him, get him back, uh, Get him fixed up. His... Get him back out there.
2: But, uh, yeah. But Definitely, it, was, uh... it,
0: was, it was a little eerie because um, I saw him at the Saratoga sale, the October sale uh, Faz dipped in the New York Reds. And he'd been telling, him, telling me about his mom because his mom had had a stroke this year. And he was telling me how good she was doing and uh, this and that. And to hear that he had Damn. one was like that's crazy. Jarring, a little jarring to to the system, but uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, hopefully hopefully he can uh, he can get back back out there doing uh, back out to the sales uh, as soon as as soon as we can get things. As soon as he can get line back out, and I'm sure that that uh, if anybody can can overcome it,
2: Stewie can. So. Yeah, I need him to get back to doing what he does best.
0: Yeah, I trained a horse for his father, him and his father. Um, and she actually turned out to be a pretty good broodmare, but she had uh, she was one of the ones that bred that couldn't sell. Oh, yeah. she, was, <laughs> she was she was crooked. She had all kinds of issues. She had a little bit of a talent though. Can't remember who she was by, but she was a pretty well-bred horse, and we were just trying to break her maiden. Um and we never did. We wound up sending her home. And I had her half-sister. And she was even worse. And she was by a sire that nobody, I can't even remember who the sire was, but it was it wasn't one that was gonna be attract a lot of attention. And I remember she she was really a terrible actor. And we had her in the paddock at Churchill and we were dropping her. And she had a decent race and i said let's just drop her and get her clean so uh we're in the paddock oh she she rips her behind shoe off oh man (laughs) so the paddock blacksmith 10 minutes he tried to put the shoe back so i called the stewards i said what if i took the other one off can we just run the horse barefoot behind and there's like yeah I guess, yeah, we'd have to make an announcement. So I told the blacks, just take the other one off. He's like, why? I said, just take the other one off. This way, you know, she's got the same shoes on, you know, no shoes behind. and um, He's all right. So he did get that other shoe pulled off. We finally got her out there. She goes to the lead. She <laughs> runs off at the quarter pole. She's got about four <laughs> lengths. On him. By the eighth pole, she's and steady retreat.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, man.
0: So we run down and uh, run down to the clerk of scales right after the race thinking, you know, please tell me this horse got claims. <laughs> please tell me this horse got claims. He says no claims. I'm like, oh, God. So um, I can't even remember who rode the horse, but he just kind of like I, I remember it was, you know, like a you know, I, you know, she's just, this is, this is just what she is, you know? So we were walking back and trying to come up with a plan, you know, what to do, maybe send her to Mountaineer or, <laughs> or just, just uh. I just need her out of my barn because she was just, you know, not doing it and they didn't need to pay day rate for a Kentucky horse for a horse that wasn't just Kentucky good enough. And um, they didn't, they had no interest in breeding her. I don't believe either. So, there was some sort of mix-up in the racing office, and she actually was claimed. Oh no!
3: <laughs>
0: and we were back at the barn with her, and I my assistant TC, who works for Mike Stidham now, he comes running down the the um, the road at Churchill Downs with his hands above his, <laughs> with, with <laughs> holding onto the the claim slip. Like, like we just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> we got to bring him to Spitbox. She's claiming. Right? Everybody, the whole barn was happy because she was so, she was such a tough horse to be around. Man, it was like, I, said, Man, I, I never seen a barn go from, from, from misery to, to like triumphant <laughs> joy over <playing> the claim of a horse. Because <laughs> it, it was like, it was like a, a funeral here. next thing you know, it was like we won the Super Bowl. It was like, man, you don't know. Nobody liked that Philly. But, yeah, she got claimed. But, yeah, man, it's tough. It's tough when you get to our age. And people, uh, a lot of people start having health issues and dying. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's always scary when somebody your age passes away kind of unexpectedly like that or, you know, gets really sick and there was no warning or, you know, gets a little scary. Yeah,
0: it starts to hit home like when Louis Orr died.
2: <clears throat> yeah, the other day.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's not a guy that played in the 60s.
2: No,
3: I
0: was <laughs> like, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. The guy that's five, six years ahead <laughs> of us, maybe for seven, eight, ten years, but still, like,
2: you no, know, yeah, uh,
0: it's a little jarring to the, to the system. And then now, Code of Honor died today.
3: Yeah, that sucks.
0: Colic, colic, which is uh, <sighs> colic. and any horses, it more or less at any time, man. It's, uh horses <clears throat> the intern the the, the internal uh, way that a horse is made is just like horses are, are, are like the perfect running creature they're fast they're, they're agile they're you know amazing athletes but their insides are a disaster <laughs> you know yes. it's like everything has have jammed in there and i uh, seal it up and It's, uh... I'm trying to think of a word, but um, it's just so easy for things to go wrong. And for a twisted gut, there's so much of the gut, period. Twisted gut is basically um, the intestines, not the actual stomach, but, um... you know, horses eat a lot, and they have a lot passing through them all the time, and things just like being dehydrated. Uh, can cause impactions and you know, just uh, it's just tough, and it doesn't matter if it's a, a horse that's worth a hundred million dollars or if they're worth two hundred dollars. It can happen to any of them, so it just sucks. But you know, he's young; he, he was only six years old. It doesn't even seem possible.
2: He hasn't been off the track that long. No, right?
0: Nope. Well, you got any plans for the New Year's? A whole lot of
2: nothing.
0: Going to watch the day on a ball drop? Dude. They have Vince Carter, like, jump over or something.
2: For they should. They really should, and he's and he's, you know, doing broadcasting, so he could do it. Go hang out at Bucky's. (laughs) sign autographs. You You know, Mostert was in the area the other day, though. Guy from the Dolphins. Mostert. Oh, was he? Yeah, Oh, he was here, right? Yeah, I think he's from Vero,
0: right? Vero, (gasps) not Vero. uh, What's the? What's that town up there? I don't know I what saw, I, I, I saw him tweet it. And I, I can't remember which,
2: but he was here during the week this week, this past week, um, giving out toys and stuff for Christmas. Bucky's
1: well,
2: it's a fantastic place, man. If you ever. Just it's just beautiful chaos. And there's good brisket there too. It it is. Bucky's is is unique. Yeah, you have to experience it. There, like, you can't describe it and do it justice. I mean you just have to go. You have to find one and go and just be like, hey, I heard people talk about this place. And now I see. Shirts on, you know, people with shirts and hats all the time now. I got to cop one of those shirts. But it's it's definitely an experience. I mean, for something that's technically just a gas station, it's a, it's a lot more than that.
0: <laughs> 104 pumps.
2: Oh, yeah, and that's a little one.
0: It's not your mom and pa
2: station that's one thing getting gas there like if you go inside and you pay for gas they put the camera on the pump that you you know you say you're at and it's like is that your car yeah Anything coming up next weekend as far as races or not? Nah, it's just kind of meh. Um, when's the Holy Bull? Isn't
0: that coming? Or uh, is that the, what's the first one that Runnings from doesn't have points? The swale. No, the Swale no. is seven eighths.
2: Right, it's seven furlongs. So yeah. So it must be the Holy Bull, right? It's right after that. It's like the next progression. Yeah. Make it. Right after the Pegasus, right? No, no, no. That's not the
0: Holy Holy Bulls Is, is a great three. Um,
2: the horse that Kathy Ritfo
0: trained that won the Breeders' Cup Classic that, that they named the race. At. The mucho
2: Macho Man. Yes,
0: the Mucho Macho Man. It doesn't does not have points, though. It, though every year it, it should like right comes out of it that, that it actually turns out to be okay.
2: Yeah, because of the timing of it, right? Didn't Simplification win it last year. Yes.
0: Yeah. I think isn't that I think that's this
2: weekend. On the first? Um <clears throat> yeah. uh,
0: the Gun Runner was today. Actually we, we kind of forgot about the Gun Runner. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the Brad Cox horse
2: uh wired wire. My buddy, Jason's Road, correct? Yep. I like that horse a lot. I told you that when he ran at Churchill. Yeah, when he, lost. He, ran, he ran good today. Yeah, he's, he's a good horse. I, I knew he was going to be okay. I like him. You know, they made determinately the favorite. Why? Wow. Um, I didn't understand I, it either. I, either. I,
0: I, I couldn't understand that one either. <laughs> I, I, was, I was a little... I didn't bet the race, um, but I, I saw the price and I was I was kind of taken aback that that One he was um, yeah I mean you you could give um Jace's uh, an excuse for the last race um you know in the slop um you know drop the uh the rider before the race I mean he he actually kind of did a cyber night. yep but his, his start before that um, in the stake of Churchill, um, the one during the Churchill September meet, he, he ran good. I mean, he ran a good race and he certainly looked like a horse that, uh, you know, he's good. so the distances as they get longer should, should be play into his, uh, his style. so But he showed good speed today and, and you know, he, he won pretty easy. Like I said, I don't think it was.
2: Uh, wasn't a stellar field. Of... I don't think that was a stellar field. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just the fact that the Termly didn't, he didn't do really do anything as yeah. a chalk. I mean, Jason's Road was second choice, but still. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, I thought Raising Cane ran okay. Coming out of a stretching out from the, the sixth rolling race at, at Keeneland to uh, two turns, but uh, remember, who won the Gunrunner last year. It was, was kind of epicenter's uh,
2: start of his his run at uh, at the fairgrounds, and the it was almost. It was almost kind of like Jace's road performance, actually, if memory yeah. serves me correctly. Yeah, and then he yeah, got because... nipped in the LeCompte, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, because Epicenter was kind of a speed horse.
3: Yeah,
2: he was.
0: And then the there came the you know, the big race and they decided to take him back. Um and he showed he could certainly could do that, but um yeah, that's
3: you know,
2: horse to keep an eye on. I know tourists they have good betting days on, on the first day of the year. Um, which kind of odd, I think, but I usually do well on, on like New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. I've had some really big scores on both of those days. Well, fact, Aqueduct, actually, on 9-
0: Aqueduct is back this week
2: <clears throat> on Thursday, right?
0: Yeah, the Gravesend is a uh, sprint race, which used to be a graded race. Actually, I think the Gravesend used to be like one of the bigger sprint races in New York. I'm talking like 50 years ago, and and <laughs> I see that you got the champions book for uh, for Christmas. You know? Oh yeah, I was digging that. You'll have fun looking at that. Uh, the Queens County, which race than it is. Um, actually, my ex-wife won that race, the Queens County. Yeah. Grade three. Yeah, I think I was the only grade race she won.
2: Topsy, ropsy the Pago Hop, was that a Hobo Farm? Yeah, sure was. I think I remember that horse.
0: Yeah, we we ran in the uh, the mass cap against uh, Skid Lane World gold. <laughs> 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 we, we we were the we were the pace bitch. We went to the lead, and they went storming by us about that quarters. <laughs> yeah, we're. We were in just a little bit deeper waters than we needed to be in there. You know that uh, was
2: one of the things that was that that'll always stick out in my mind about the hobo farm, colors and everything. Is used to ride Ray Ganpath. Yeah. Every once in a while, not not all the time, but enough that it, obviously I remember his name. <laughs> right. There's actually a
0: lot of stakes now that I'm looking at it. I don't know what we, we <laughs> I dropped the ball here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um oops.
0: Yeah, on the thirty-first, um the Fort Lauderdale, which in theory is a prep for the Pegasus turf. I thought the to... Holiday, which I have Pegasus. no idea was gonna be in there. The Mr. Prospector going seven eight. Uh-huh. This is that
2: Gulfstream, right? Yep. All on a New York.
0: Um And the Sugar Swirl, Philly's sprinting, the Suwannee River, uh, Philly's going a mile on the turf. And then um, the next day with the Las Flores at, at San Anita, and the Joe Hernandez down the hill.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, the Bobby Frankel, which is a grade three, Philly's and Mare's on the turf going a mile and an eighth. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, on uh, New Year's Day, the Lady But Aqueduct Gulfstream has got more three-year-old stakes on uh, the first. The Cash Run, three-year-old Philly's <laughs> going a mile. The Glitter Woman, three-year-old Philly's going six furlongs. Limehouse, girls going three quarters. The Middle Machum Mile. Uh, Oaklawn Park that day's got the Smarty Jones, which. I think does have derby points, does it not? I thought so. Yeah, I could have thought, thought it. I thought it did. There's really no reason the Mucho Macho Man doesn't have derby points too. Come on, Churchill, you listened to us last year. Slap
2: some, slap some points
0: on that. Give him
2: points. Give some points. Give
0: him ten points or something. If the stupid Jerome's got points, then the, the Mucho Macho Man should have points.
2: Just because of timing, more than anything else.
0: I mean, it's, there's going to be decent horses in that race. Right. I mean, it's it's Florida, the first day of the year. A lot of big outfits with those type of horses are going to be there. And it just seems like the last few years, there's been a couple horses in there. I'm not saying to make it a great race. I'm just saying it, maybe it should have some points. Should. But,
2: uh, hey, we, we, and we not lost. get, I said, speaking of points and not getting points, I told I, I told uh, somebody today that <laughs> the fairgrounds turf looks like the top of Kevin Durant's head. <laughs> Spotty <laughs> at best.
0: Yeah, man, he, he needs to give that up.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think they both do. <laughs> Uh whoever
0: thought growing grass would become such a challenge in this country
2: I don't get it that's just still like what happened
0: <laughs> I thought I was the only one that couldn't grow grass <laughs> well it looks like we actually have to pay attention this week so we will a lot of good sake races more than I more than I anticipated You know, you put a a thing out this morning, a meme, about, and it's so true, that everybody knows exactly what day it is from December 1st to December 26th, (laughs) you know, the countdown to Christmas, and then Christmas, and then the day after Christmas, and then the week after that, it's like, nobody knows what day it is, nothing, like today, there's college football on, at like, one o'clock in the afternoon, like the... The bullshit (laughs) poll, New Mexico State's in a bowl. (laughs) I saw a guy uh, on the athletic was like, "There's too many polls." It's like, dude, you don't have to watch them. You don't even have to pay attention to them. If there's two six and six teams, if ESPN is willing to pay for it, and there's people willing to go to the games, the alumni are willing to show up, and like, what's the harm? Yeah. They aren't good games, but who cares? You know, it's,
2: right? It doesn't really hurt anybody. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Exactly. Like, like what? What exactly are, are they really hurting? I guess uh, with more sports betting, uh, they're never going to die because people betting on them. Right. That'll actually probably increase the interest in the things, get more eyes on them because.
2: There's wagers. Well, there's one thing I'm going to do is pay attention to who Louisville basketball is playing because they can't win. Cannot. Will not. Bet against. <laughs> They're like an automatic bet against every, you know. That's the thing. It's not not, only, favor do is gonna cover not only do they lose them. every week. They, they get still max. Animal's never covered. Nope. It's not like they're close games. <laughs> no. <laughs> or they get the spread, they nail it because Favor Fave is winning that one. Hard times for uh
0: for the Cardinals. No, Wagner's rolling over in his grave.
2: <laughs> Rick Patino's laughing.
0: Purvis Ellison. Never nervous Purvis. Darryl Griffith. Denny Crum, the great Denny Crum. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. What? Donovan Mitchell, yeah.
2: <laughs> Terry Rozier.
0: Scooter McRae, The McRae brothers. Scooter. Yeah, Louisville is... Uh...
2: I told They're you my... About low- is- you Jacket store it, bad
0: you That bad story. Traditional power team I've ever seen. Like it's just almost unimaginable that a team, a program like Louisville, could be getting destroyed every game. Yeah, that that's, that's a bizarre world. It really is. It's like how how did they, they slip so badly? And, and I I have heard a lot of excuses, and and they all kind of you know it legit. Like, Kinda, the, the the pebble at the top of the mountain got to rolling and got you know <laughs> the whole patino <laughs> fallout thing and the the scandal and the hookers and then the, the recruiting and this and that and is funny that that almost all of the recruiting scandals of the last like forty years have occurred around players that almost always being worth the scandal. <laughs> like the, like, like, the like, like, like the only one that might have actually been worth it was, was Sean Kemp. And I don't even think he beat any wound up in college. When the money, money when they sent him the package of money and it
2: broke open. <laughs> uh, the old school N I L. That was that was almost reminiscent of when Robert Parrish um, got weed delivered to his house via UPS <laughs> and he got caught and got in trouble. Uh, the Chief. <laughs> He's called him Chief Some Smoke. <laughs> chief of chief the for real. Did I tell you my, my Louisville jacket story? No. So I was a I was a I was a giant Louisville fan when I was a kid for whatever reason. Makes no sense. Don't even ask. I don't get it. But I was, and I had a starter jacket, one of those, you know, like the ones that say Louisville in the front and the buttoned up. Yeah. Team jacket. Yeah. So I go to the Final Four <clears throat> in, uh I think it was in New Orleans with my dad. Yeah, it was New Orleans. And at the time, my father worked for Converse Shoe Company, and they used to do like seminars, and they used to have basketball clinics and stuff for the coaches because the uh, NABC Coaches Convention is always at the Final Four. And basically, it's just a bunch of assistant coaches trying to get jobs. Right, right. You know, they're all networking. They all got, you know, if if you ever want to see any sweatsuit from any college university, that's where you'll find it. Somebody's wearing it. So Converse did their thing and it was a clinic or, you know, they had somebody come in the lecture for the coaches and stuff like that. And you get. At the bottom of the barrel D three junior college or whatever to, you know, top D ones. Well, at the Converse booth, my dad had to be there all day. So I, I was kind of left to my own devices and I ended up hurting myself playing Papa shot, but that's another story. <laughs> um, so, you know, Julius Irving shows up at the booth and I'm like, that's Dr. J. That's the coolest person I've ever seen in person. Then a whole bunch of college coaches come in, including Denny Crum and Dean Smith. And I was like, oh my God, like that was better than seeing Dr. J at that point, because I had actually met Dr. J a few times before that. So seeing these guys were better. And, you know, my dad knew them, talked to them for a little while. And, and I was like, dad, can you get a picture? And he asked them, and they're like, yeah. And Dean Smith, like, looked at me sideways because I was wearing the Louisville jacket. And he's like, we can't have that. So what happened is in the booth, they used to give the coaches that came in like a, a gift bag full of mm-hmm. stuff. So without me not really knowing anything, because he was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not going to take a picture. He goes, no, nah, I'm just kidding. So he takes the picture. But right before they snap the picture, he puts his bag in front of the Louisville on the on the on the front of the jacket. And right, I, I gotta ask my dad if he still has the picture because it's me in the middle of D- Denny Crum and 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 Dean Smith, and he has the that bag over the front of my jacket. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. And I was like, they're really competitive about this stuff, huh? Like, you know, I was like seven Did years this, old.
0: I, I wonder if they still <laughs> um like anybody who was a coach in the in that. Coaching Association got like two tickets to the Final Four, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yep, every year. because <laughs> They'd sell them. I, I, Most of
0: them guys would sell them. Yeah, I was going to say, one year the mayor got a hold of like Raleigh Massimino's tickets. <laughs> I think they were in uh, New Orleans. and he's He's got a good story. I'll let him tell it one day. Oh yeah, you gotta have him on. Statute limitations is way past. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, usually they <laughs> sell them. Yeah,
0: I, I don't exactly remember all the details, but it involved Raleigh Massapino and assistant coach, and
2: something happened. But, yeah, those uh, kind of events for, like, college coaches, basketball coaches, anyway, its pretty wild. They, they do some crazy shit, man. Especially in New Orleans because, you know, Bourbon yeah, Street. And, I, and it was funny because uh, John Daly, I saw him, Pat O'Brien's down in Bourbon Street. He was getting hammered. Um because there was a golf tournament at the same time as the final four so all the the big name golfers were in town and right John Daly was absolutely lit <laughs> uh
0: i remember remember um uh, uh Georgetown might have been it might have been uh the year against North carolina the famous uh famous play where uh, Freddie Brown threw the ball to the wrong
2: team. Oh, the Jordan. Yeah. Jordan's think... coming out party. And
0: and then uh, John Thompson <laughs> used to make Georgetown stay in Biloxi because he didn't want him to have anything to do with New Orleans. <laughs> he wanted to get him as far away from from there as possible, which I'm sure these days they wouldn't let you do. I liked it better when they used to play the first, you know, the first and they had the the floors, you know, you played on. Now they have those,
2: right? The the generic
0: ones. So it's hard to tell where they're they're playing. All the games kind of look the same. I liked it better when they they uh, you knew where they were playing at. Was my that's my random oddball uh, <laughs> remembrance of past past NCAA tournaments.
2: Yeah, I you know what, the, my distinct memory of that is Dayton. Seeing the Dayton floor. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it kind of gave it a little bit more character, you know? Because they always had the team or the, the host team or the, the city. and Now it's kind of you know, they're sold out. Uh, they have a regional round here in Albany. And uh, tickets are sold out.
2: Same thing in Tampa, I believe. It's at 8 this year.
0: I went to, it had to be 2005 or 6 because I was in New Orleans and I was only there for two years, two winters. And I remember someone gave us tickets to go to the first round. And uh, that was when Florida was real good. That that's when the team Noah played there and uh, um, David Lee. Yeah, yeah, they were they were good. They they won the title right two years in a row. Yeah, yeah, they were playing the first round game, and um, there was two early games, the two night games, and uh, I knew that my my ex was only going to make two games. Making two games was a stretch. Getting the four was not going to happen. So. <laughs> But I remember they played like, uh, I want to say like Nevada. It was not a real big school, like a low seed. They might have been the number one seed or number two seed in that in that, that region. And the place was half empty. I mean, it was like half empty. It was very strange because, you know, you think about the NCAAs and packed houses and this and that. But that's not always the case, especially in early games. And I remember Memphis played the second game against uh, Colorado State or somebody. I, I can't remember. I just remember that Florida was the first game and Memphis was the second game, <laughs> and it was it was wild because about five minutes before the Memphis game tipped off, people came and you know they had that blue that that that. That kind of that loud blue that they the Memphis wears. Oh yeah. People wearing that stuff came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, the arena was packed. And it was ninety percent Memphis people. <laughs> and I think they were all outside drinking because they were like just like it was just <clears throat> chaos in there, man. It was it was the, the damnedest thing because like the first game there was like no life in this in the arena and in Florida was they, they were just a little bit too good for the other team. But uh, it was just kind of a – you could hear the sneakers squeaking in, you know.
2: And then the second game was just screaming the whole game. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like those, you know, back in the day, you know, when uh, the Big East tourney, the early rounds. <laughs> yeah. In the garden, there's just, like, nobody in there. Like, probably well, the playing fact. somebody and nobody be in the joint. At all. We used
0: to go all the time, and I mean, you know what the trick was: as soon as the first game got over, you'd run to the fan the section of the team that just got beat, and try to catch the fans leaving on the way out to buy <laughs> their tickets for the next session because they, may you know, they make you buy. Uh, you oh know, yeah, sessions. Yeah, because they don't do the seeds tool, you know. So yeah, you'd be trying to buy the tickets. uh Sometimes shit, a couple times, guys gave them to us. They were like, you know, pissed off, and they just here take them. We don't give <laughs> And we'd either, run or we'd go more, and we'd go to the games more. But you know, when St. John's was, was in the game, there was a lot of people. When Syracuse was there, it was always a lot of yeah,
2: Syracuse was always packed. The, the big teams, you know, UConn when they started getting good.
0: <laughs> but uh, no,
2: that that was the trick was
0: was to go run and get position try to buy the tickets from the team that just got eliminated from their fans and it, it was you, you probably can't buy uh, find a better deal in sports than the the tickets for a, a team that was the favorite that just got eliminated from a tournament.
2: can't do that <laughs> all anymore those, all those things are electronic. yeah
0: right <laughs> now everything's electronic man that sucks. I mean it's good in some ways because I'm the type of person that would leave the tickets in the car it. and have to turn yeah. around and go go run back and and find them. But uh, yeah, it used to be that was the thing. The biggie the big East tournament's not even held, it's not even the Big East anymore.
2: You hardly even know what's going on. <laughs> it's going it's on
0: hard to explain to people who weren't there, like like my friends' kids, you
2: know how big the Big East was. Dude, the Big East was shit. I mean, I mean it, it was so good. The basketball was so good. I, I was an East Coast snob when
0: I went to Arizona. And then I, I got out there and I was like, you know, there's some pretty good teams out there.
2: Was <laughs> it 85? Really 84, 85? I want to say it was 85. They had three Big East teams in the Final Four.
0: Yeah, I think that was 84. Is either 84,
2: 85, but and that steadily happened for a while.
0: Yeah, Georgetown, St. John's, and the uh, and uh,
2: Syracuse, Syracuse, yeah, yeah But um, and Indiana was the other one. Was that the team? The other team? No, I was Indiana or Iowa? I don't know. I don't remember.
0: Yeah, when I when I went to Arizona and they were playing all these West Coast teams, I was like. These teams suck. But there were some good players. Gary Payton, I'd still say Gary Payton was the best player seen, I seen saw play in my three years. I was in Arizona. He was
2: he came in and just dominated the game. Just dominated the game. You know what's funny? <laughs> when I was in New Orleans, right? Um for that final four. Crazy shit, man. We went to the NABC All-Star Game, which was at University of New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. So somehow, someway, my dad gets his seat number called to go shoot baskets on the floor for a new car. So he goes in there. Uh, I think he had to hit eight out of 10, or they would give you $100 for every shot. He makes seven. (laughs) He he made seven in a row and missed the last three. Wow. But it ended up being, the the crazy part about it is it ended up being better because if he would have won the car, he would have had to pay the taxes on the car. So taking the 700 was actually better than any any other outcome. (laughs) Yeah, and you got a car you don't want. Right. But it, it also, one of those games I saw Tim uh, Hardaway play. I think it was the one in Seattle that was in 80s, 88. Um, yeah. He was definitely the best player I saw from out West. He, I, like, when he played at Texas. Who offense. is this guy? Nobody knew who he was. And I was like, this dude is nasty. That's what it was with Gary Payton, man. <laughs> I, I remember the game. He was just
0: better than the, everybody else. The there. best player that had ever played at, at Oregon State, as far as I knew at that point, look things up, was like remember Steve Johnson? Oh yeah, he set, the, he set the NCAA record for like field goal percentage because he never took a shot from further than like three feet away. Like, <laughs> like he would only shoot like layups, but you know, so we didn't really know the guys that well. And I mean, because you know, you come from the east, and we just didn't watch Pac-10. It was, I think, it was the Pac-10 back then too. It wasn't even the Pac-12. Um, we just didn't know the guys because we didn't see the teams play. Like UCLA would play some uh, some some national games, but they were the only school. And this was kind of before Arizona was a was a national power. Um, and they were playing Oregon State. And I'm thinking. Yeah, how good Corn they? State be? it was kinda of early in the season. They had a good record, a decent record. And I had student section tickets and they were five bucks, man, and they, they, they were good seats. I think they moved them way up now. But um I mean Gary Payton just took them apart. Was and the like, Arizona well, was there was created. Yeah, he was nasty. He just took them apart and talked the whole game. Like he would <clears> see him talking the entire game. And I, I remember calling my dad, and I was like, "I saw a guy like who plays for Oregon State. Man, he's as good as anybody I, I've seen. Like, <laughs> he was he was like, he was he was really good." But no, it, it's like I said, it's it's hard to
2: tell people now how great the Big East was, and the Big East tournament was like, oh, that was the shit. Remember, and Iverson was at Georgetown and you know, Felipe Lopez, and that... that Don't forget run.
0: Pearl Washington, when he just...
2: Pearl was nasty, dude. Took over that one, two-game stretch. Tr- Sherm Douglas. The truth, Walter Berry. man. my Facebook friend. Who?
0: Walter Berry. Oh, yeah. From Atlantic City. But, uh... Yeah, it was it was a different uh, a different era, but it was great back and It was really great. Well, we've rambled on for
2: hundred and thirty minutes. If Sorry, you made is it a, this far, you're a true Last fan. show of the year, the ramblings of the end of the year. Right. We gotta get
0: it all out. Get it That's all right. out. We we gotta we gotta end the year good.
2: Oh, shout what out to Clyde Fraser suits for winning. The Clyde Fraser, that's right. After shout nine out.
0: consecutive weeks off of the night, two in a row, going for two in a row. We we found a team that we could beat, and and, and I had to, I I had to sweat it out and watching the <laughs> the, the Denver Phoenix game last night, hoping that Michael Porter didn't get four turnovers. <laughs> Because if he got four turnovers in the game, We're done, I, I, I would have, I would have tied. And if he had got five turnovers, then I would have lost. But thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, they don't let him handle the ball much. He just shoots <laughs> one. So, <laughs> uh, did you did you see the Aaron Gordon dunk?
2: Oh yeah, it was ridiculous.
0: And they tried to call it a, a charge, a char- and then the one ref, they didn't even have a, they didn't have a challenge at that time. And the one ref came and said, no, 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 no. He he slid
2: over, but that was a power dunk, man. Yeah. He's got that kind of athletic ability, but he's just not a real good basketball player. He rocked him. Yeah. He just, he cocked it, man. (laughs) Yeah, he he needs to be on a team where he doesn't have to do very much and just do that. That's Denver. Get out on the break, run, and dunk.
0: Yeah, that's played defense and 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 like he was
2: relied upon too much in orlando they needed him to score too much and it kind of ruined his game a little bit i think yeah
0: he's he's not a feature player he's a no he's not you know it's it's just like uh some guys are just you know they're not the guy they're just not the guy the right guys. You know, you play right. with the Joker and then he's gonna get you the ball in the position that that you can do something with it. Plus him and Murray and Porter to a smaller extent are gonna attract a lot of the attention. So you're gonna wind up, you know, getting mismatches and then you're not gonna get the other team's best defensive player. And that matters. Matchups matter so much. And and put and you know who who you play with.
2: Yeah, it just it matters. matters. A lot. Look at I mean, the Lakers, like how bad they are. And they, they, they have technically on paper, you know, they're starting five when they're healthy, should be better than everybody else, but they just can't play well together. They're always they don't match that and, and they they have starting, no band, nobody that he's, meshes. It's just he's starting two guards that are both six foot one, right?
0: Last yesterday, they were playing a, a one lineup. Where the biggest, the tallest player, they went ultra small. Was Austin, uh, the white guy?
2: Yeah. What is He's he, like, six he? Six was, five. He
0: was. Yeah, <laughs> they were playing him at center. And of course, they get destroyed on the boards. They just aren't good enough. They just don't have enough. good enough. No, their their
2: what... bench is weak, and, and, and you know, past LeBron and AD, that's just like there's a big drop off.
0: Anthony Davis and his paper mache feet. No, nah, they're done. They're done. There's just nothing they can do, and they
2: know it. LeBron knows it. <clears throat> he definitely they don't. They don't
0: have. And and people keep saying, "Well, you know, uh, they should. They should do something." What are they gonna do?
2: Right. They're stuck. They're stuck. They
0: don't. They're capped out. They they can't. You know, they can't make them. Teams aren't gonna just hand them a good player. Who in the West would want to deal with them? Nobody. Nobody. And and. They don't have much to get. The only thing they have are those two draft picks, but those those are draft picks in 2027 and 29. <laughs> like, if you're a GM right now...
2: It's meaningless.
0: It's a good chance that you're not going to be around in 2027. Right. How many of those guys outside of the Pat Riley's and the, 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 the stitches uh, last that long in those jobs? Not many. There's not a lot of guys going to want to be main making trades for draft picks six years from now, <laughs> even if they're good picks. I mean, that's just punting. And, you know, at this point, you know, I, I just don't see what people think the Lakers could possibly get. There just isn't much out there. You know, maybe when the you know the trade deadline comes and teams start buying out veterans. And... I kind of thought, like, Lamarcus Aldridge might wind up there. You know, like as a as a veteran, sign for the minimum.
2: <laughs> just try to, you know, he could play a a role, but
0: I don't. I don't he might not be.
2: Yeah, that. I mean, he they're might, they're, might
0: just be done.
2: they're just stuck with what they have, unfortunately, and there's there's no way around. They're just not, no,
0: they're just not good enough. They
2: don't play. No,
0: the Westbrook trade. You know what it did? It it, it took away all the flexibility. It, you know, they traded away three players, none of which are star players, but they're, you know, they were serviceable players. Westbrook makes too much money. And, you know, I mean, next year they're going to be actually in a good position. And, and, and the worst thing for the Lakers this year is that um, they had a pick with New Orleans. Mm. So even if they tanked, they said, ah, LeBron's got a hamstring injury, you know. <laughs> Right, they'd be over a good pick. Yeah, because the pick goes to to, the Pelicans, who have a good record. So it's not like they're going to get a good pick either. So I mean, that's that's just it's just you know they're just painted in a corner. That's that's all there's to it. NBA trades are hard to make because the money has to match. It's not like other sports. Like Major League Baseball, you could trade um, any player for any player, or any you know combination of players. The money doesn't have to match. Football's got a, a, a strange uh, salary cap that I can't really understand. Somebody was saying today, uh, <laughs> I was when I was driving to the store in the freezing cold. Uh, I, I decided to, to listen to some sports talk radio, which is usually the stupidest thing to do because you just get aggravated. But a guy was saying that, um, talking about Russell Wilson and how bad he's been. Oh, he's awful, dude. And one of the guys was saying, you know, because they fired the coach today, he's like, man.
2: <coughs> you need to, to fire him
0: <laughs> He's going to be an impediment to the next, to hiring a good coach because a lot of the top candidates might be wary of going in there with Wilson looking like he's terrible and he's kind of like, you know, all his teammates seem to hate him.
2: But They just need to talk to Pete Carroll and ask him what he did do you, to hide him.
0: Do, do you know what the, the dead money on the salary cap is if they trade him or they uh, uh, cut him? That'd be like $20 A hundred and seven.
3: What? <laughs> it's It's
0: million and I think oh the, the, the cap is like 140 so they would literally have 23 million dollars to fill out the roster <laughs> they'd have wow. to 107 million dollars in dead money with that Tied contract up, so they have to keep him and that, and that was the guy's point it's like listen they're stuck with him it's not like you can bring a guy in. He goes, yeah, right. we're gonna find somebody. He goes, they, you know, they're, they're gonna find a guy that's gonna come in, it's gonna take the challenge, you know. But it's not gonna be one of the guys they want. It's gonna be a guy that, you know, without a track record, you're gonna have to take a shot on. And uh, the other host of the show said, well, you know, what about Eric Bieniemy? I mean, he gets <clears throat> he gets interviewed every year for a job, and they never give it to him. And he's always got a top, you know, five offense and. Uh, <laughs> the other guy said, "I don't know if Erickson want to go for right. I <laughs> want that because <job. laughs> I, I don't know if you can get a bigger discrepancy in in uh, reps right now between those two, but but it, but so much of it is is uh, you know it's fit and pro sports these days is it's complicated because of the." the mechanics of salary caps and contracts and then I mean, there's there's a reason why GMs are all guys from Harvard and Yale now with uh figure out the formula. <laughs> you know they're right. It's 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 super complicated. It's just not it's just it's just not easy to make. Make trades. Trades are hard. NFL trades are almost always for draft picks. It's very rarely a guy for a guy. Oh yeah, never. It's, it's usually for, for for draft picks but uh yep
2: yeah. my guy too has got another concussion yeah he needs to just fall back for the rest of the year his egg it Looks like. scrambled officially scrambled his egg just... that's a
0: tough that's year. got to... You know it's tough because it's not like it's a, an ankle or a knee thing where you can really monitor it. You know, you can see a guy's ankle getting better and you can do tests on it and x rays and this and that. The concussion stuff is tough, man.
2: Yeah, all kinds of things can go wrong with that. You can get vertigo, you can anything can happen. Who knows, you know. and and all it takes is one hit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's the way it goes. Um. But, we, yeah, we have a big weekend. We don't even know about
2: it. Yeah, and ready. no one, no one here fell
0: asleep. It. No one fell asleep during our podcast. No one. Well,
2: there. yeah, we didn't, but <laughs> some of the
0: listeners might. Yeah, I know. That's right. CJ probably fell asleep about uh, half time. Yeah.
2: He's at the hour mark. He was done.
0: Yeah, man. But, anyways, for anyone that uh, that did make it this far,
2: some people. Elite we'll have a status. They're game. elite grade one.
0: That's right. You got grade one A status with the Going in Circles podcast. And someday we'll actually have shirts or something to give away. That was funny. Belterra Bill asked me, he said, You see all these new podcasts and. And they say, you know, nobody